Letter twenty four of Clarissa, volume one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clarissa Harlowe, or the History of a Young Lady, volume one, by Samuel Richardson. Letter twenty four. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe. Monday, near twelve o'clock. The enclosed letter was just now delivered to me. My brother has carried all his points. I send you also the copy of my answer. No more at this time can I write. Monday the 6th. Miss Clary, by command of your father and mother I write expressly to forbid you to come into their presence or into the garden when they are there, nor when they are not there, but with Betty Barnes to attend you, except by particular license or command. On their blessings you are forbidden likewise to correspond with the vile Lovelace, as it is well known you did by means of your sly Hannah, whence her sudden discharge, as was fit. Neither are you to correspond with Miss Howe, who has given herself high airs of late, and might possibly help on your correspondence with that detested libertine, nor, in short, with anybody without leave. You are not to enter into the presence of either of your uncles, without their leave first obtained. It is a mercy to you, after such a behaviour to your mother, that your father refuses to see you. You are not to be seen in any apartment of the house you so lately governed as you pleased, unless you are commanded down. In short, you are strictly to confine yourself to your chamber, except now and then in Betty Barnes's sight, as aforesaid, you take a morning or evening turn in the garden, and then you are to go directly, and without stopping at any apartment in the way, up or down the back stairs, that the sight of so perverse a young creature may not add to the pain you have already given everybody. The hourly threatenings of your fine fellow, as well as your own unheard-of obstinacy, will account to you for all this. What a hand has the best and most indulgent of mothers had with you, who so long pleaded for you, and undertook for you, even when others, from the manner of your setting out, despaired of moving you? What must your perverseness have been, that such a mother can give you up? She thinks it is right so to do, nor will take you to favour, unless you make the first steps, by a compliance with your duty. As for myself, whom perhaps you think hardly of, in very good company if you do, that is my sole consolation, I have advised that you may be permitted to pursue your own inclinations, some people need no greater punishment than such a permission, and not to have the house encumbered by one who must give them the more pain for the necessity she has laid them under of avoiding the sight of her, although in it. If anything I have written appear severe or harsh, it is still in your power, but perhaps will not always be so, to remedy it, and that by a single word. Betty Barnes has orders to obey you in all points consistent with her duty to those whom you owe it, 
as well as she. James Harlow To James Harlow, Jr., Esquire, Sir, I will only say that you may congratulate yourself on having so far succeeded in all your views that you may report what you please of me, and I can no more defend myself than if I were dead. Yet one favour, nevertheless, I will beg of you. It is this, that you will not occasion more severities, more disgraces, that are necessary for carrying into execution your further designs, whatever they be, against your unhappy sister, Clarissa Harlowe. End of letter 24 Recording by Ben Dutton, Lampeter, Wales